The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, Small Steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here, and this is my show, my weekly podcast, my program, as it were, that I dedicate to helping as many people as possible live better in the modern world. I'm not trying to change the modern world per se, although I think that would happen if more people lived better in it. And in other words, if more of us took better care of ourselves, if more of us treated ourselves better, if more of us realized that we're worth taking care of better, then I do think the world would change. I think the world would change And I'm trying to not change it directly, but change it via helping each of you individually take on your lives in a much better way. And I think we can all maybe see that that would translate far and wide. The better we feel, that we get up in the morning and we, we feel better in our bodies and we feel stronger and more powerful, more in control of our own decisions and choices. And we walk out the door with that in our brains instead of, feeling crappy and having a gut problem and being irritable and just going to work that way, having being tired and fatigued and all the things that plague the modern human. We're not doing well in terms of health and happiness. It's not to say we're not all unhappy. We're not walking around doom and gloom. We're not. Well, some are, but not many. I mean, most people can kind of eke out pleasure. We're doing it okay, right? Can we do better? Yeah, we can. We can do better. I mean, disease rates are not getting better and 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 frankly, we're not getting less violent. Let's can we just can we agree on that? We're not uh, more peaceful. We're not less going out and doing horrible stuff. It's, you know, and maybe it's the news. Maybe it always existed that way and we're just now in 2017 finding out about it. Oh my, really? For the last thousands of years? That's been happening, and we didn't know because we didn't have text texting by news. Do people news text news? I don't know. I'm not a technologist. Okay, I'm not a technologist. I, I, I. Yes, I do a podcast. Okay, you caught me. I am sitting in front of a laptop in a very cold room with a blanket, and I might as well be knitting. I might as well be crocheting a basket right now because uh, that's what I look like right now. Just sitting in a wicker chair. Not kidding. Not kidding. Wicker chair with a quilt. On my lap. Um, if you're just joining me, then I I should send you a thank you note. If you could do me a favor and email me your address, I'll send you a thank you note and us and a, also just sorry a sorry card because I don't know what's going on here and neither do you and that's okay. We're in it together, you guys. I kind of do when that's going on here. Okay, I do dedicate this podcast to helping people negotiate a crazy nay nutty nut nut world better how to take on your life in a way that is not going to derail you in the process. Maybe both ways get you to the final end, but I do believe, and I don't mean death. That wasn't like a dramatic, the final end. I just mean to the result that you want. But I think that if you take your life on in a, and you take these changes on in a measured, balanced, good for me, better for me, long-term way, then you learn a ton on the way. The the trip there is just no substitute for it. Okay, more on that a little bit today. But I, you know, I I I, I jump on that every week because it's it's the 
<clears throat> it's the struggle in the process. You've got a struggle that is of any change that you want to make in your life. <clears throat> there's struggle built into that if you want to do it for real, that is, okay? But then there's the struggle of doing it in a way that is not the way that you're marketed to, that it should be faster than you think it should be. And therefore, there's struggle built in that because you, even people who dive in, well, okay, I'll give the small steps a try, over their shoulder is just a kind of a little sideways glance to the internet and to the television, and they just kind of, but that guy or girl says I could be doing this faster, and that before and after shot looks amazing, almost like it's Photoshop. It's not. There's no way. There's no way that somebody ran that through a filter and made it look, filter? What? Yeah, you guessed it. I just, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <clears throat> I'll go ahead and pronounce it correctly anyway. Okay, here we go. Mm. Gynostemic tea. You've heard me talk about it before. I'm not sponsored by Gynostemma Incorporated. There's no such thing as far as I know. But it's my favorite tea. Gynostemma tea, you guys. Get it. It's great. I like it. If I were sponsored by that, that would have been the worst ad in the history of mankind. Listen, I uh, launched a co-launched a health uh, made simple. It's a meal plan with Matt Frazier the no meat athlete. And uh, you can go check that out if you're into meal plan or you want to just dive in uh, more deeply on the food realm because as you know, if you've been here before, I'm not. this is not a food-based podcast. This is a philosophy-based podcast. So Matt and I, uh, Matt said to me, would you do this with me? And I said, yeah. And we did. So it's called Health Made Simple, nomeatathlete.com slash meal-plan-system. If you're looking for a meat-filled meal plan, that's not your place to go. That's You wouldn't go there for that, okay? This is at nomeatathlete.com, okay? So if you're looking for like a meat-based meal plan, I'm just telling you, I'd love to take your money, but I just wouldn't feel good about it if you just signed on like, oh, there's not meat anywhere. Um, thank you guys for donations as always. You guys are awesome. You can go to sidgarzahillman.com and get all that stuff. Um, and by stuff, I mean approaching the natural merchandise and you can donate to the podcast and i always appreciate like if you you know donations isn't your bag or you're tight on money or something uh a, a, a review would be amazing on itunes or amazon on the old book that i wrote approaching the natural health manifesto my my, my new book is in the works and um i'm not going to sit here and tell you because if you're just joining me you'll see but i don't I'm not BSing anybody here, okay? Part of this podcast is there's just, it's not all 100% good news. And it's definitely not rah-rah, but it's it's down and dirty and it's real. And and for those of you who've been with me a long time, that then you know, okay? And we're all just kind of slogging through this together and I am too, all right? So I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that my book is whizzing along and that I'm freaking Ernest Hemingway up with a with an old, you know, typewriter, whatever whatever those things used to be called. I think the earliest typewriter ever invented was the IBM Selectric. I, I think I'm right about that. Um, but yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm. It's a battle. It's a daily battle, and I have not won that battle. And um, I'm fighting. That's I really am. And I am getting work done every day. I'm just not as efficient uh, nearly uh, as I, ha- I would like to be or I had hoped to be. I, I, this is not an excuse, by the way, but it's certainly an, a somewhat of an explanation, and that is that is that this is my book writing is on top of a whole bunch of other stuff like this podcast or my full time job at the Stanford Inn, right? And with where I work with client private clients. If you're interested, go to SidGarzaHillman.com. 
Um, so it, I'm busy. Like I'm busy without writing a book. Without writing a book, I'm, I'm full-time in it. I've got a family, jobs. And so then I said, well, let me just write a book on top of that. But I don't know what else to do. I don't, I want to write the book and I did sign a contract. That's part, part, a good thing because I probably would, would have chucked it in the old waste bin at this point. Um, I really wouldn't have. It's an, it's important to me to do this and it is a struggle and I'm getting more and more used to struggle, but man, there's part of me that would just be liking to, you know, get up and sort of during the day, write the book instead of like, oh, I don't know, when I finish this podcast, going back inside and working on the book, which I will, because I do minimum five minutes per day. That's my small step on that. And and most days I do more. I think I've already done more than five minutes today. I spent an hour this morning working on it, but I need like chunks of time and I'm not getting it. And so um, it's weekends and nights and mornings. That's what that is. And it's fine. And I'm just trying to make that thing work. But if you're hearing in my voice a little bit of, uh, uh, you're hearing right. It's coming through your speakers loud and clear. Don't hope you didn't swerve off the road. Just wish me luck, will ya? Because it's the thing, and I want to wish you guys luck with whatever you're doing. I, I like most things with with small stepping. It's like, what's the alternative? What's the okay? Not do it. Nah, I gotta I gotta watch another episode of Mozart in the Jungle. Have you ever seen that? That's a great show. You guys really? Yes. Do my recommendation. Um. That's not to say that, uh, yeah. So I, I do need to focus, but you need breaks too. And, and so it's, um, I'm still, I still have time, but it's not a, not a joke. Okay, so this weekend, if you're listening to this like before January 27th um, of 2017, then, and you live in Arizona, somewhere in the Phoenix, Scottsdale area, I will be in Arizona this weekend. I am leaving on Thursday of this week to go speak at a hospital in Ukiah, which is a town about an hour and a half away from me. There's a, they have a really nice hospital there. And this is the second time they've asked me to speak. Uh, I did it last year. Can't remember when. And so I'm going back. Then I'm spending the night uh, somewhere around there and driving to Sacramento, where I will be putting on, getting on an airplane and flying to Arizona, where I will be speaking at the Arizona Veg Food Fest. So if you want to check that out and go visit, it's uh, I've seen the lineup. It's a really good lineup and, and, a, and a lot of good vendors. It's a it should be a great like Arizona's cool. So yeah, go azvegfoodfest.com. Azvegfoodfest.com. Then in uh sometime in March, late March, I'll be flying over to Marshall, Texas via Shreveport, Louisiana. And I will be driving uh, in a rental car, I think, to Marshall, Texas for the Marshall, Texas Health Fest. And that's healthfest.com, I think. Then in August, I'll be at the Triangle Veg Fest in Durham, North Carolina. More on information on that later. Okay, can we get going on this? Stanfordin.com. Okay, head up their wellness center. Boom, they're awesome. I love it. It's an eco resort. Go visit. We have great retreats coming up. So just go to stanfordin.com and check it out. Okay, and they all involve me on some in some way. All right, you guys, are you ready? Can we get working here? Because you've really been distracting me a little bit. And it's kind of annoying because you should be focused on your job and or your car and or your treadmill. And instead, you're making me go in a bunch of different directions. Okay. I'm going to touch upon, which I do on occasion, the approaching the natural idea. And here's here's the context that I'm going to, if you're just joining me, the idea is, is that is that to remember, one of the things to remember when you walk out your door is that we, as even though we sort of don't dress like we are, but we are animals. And certainly we don't act like wild animals and, and not in a good way that way. And, um, but we, but we, but we, 
we dress and we drive cars and we do all these things that sort of remove us from nature and and there's great things and I and I talk about those things and they're fantastic. But at the same time, we are animals in terms of the physicalness of us, and I argue the mental part of us as well has very simple needs that we can do very, very well with very, very little. I'll put it that way. But for me, what's natural, and, and so I want people to remember that when they walk out the door, when they get stressed about this and stressed about that and all these modern world problems and so much complexity out in the world, that, that if you can, it, when you get a moment, and that's why I always, it's about moments for me, for sure, and with my clients, like it's built, it's moments, moments. And when you find those moments, and you know when to look for them, because small steppers are very good at that. We, we find moments. We go, ah, there's one. I'll grab it real quick. And we can remember like, oh, this is sort of next level pleasure, but really it's not necessary when push comes to shove. When push comes to shove, I need as a human being a very simple diet to be supremely healthy. And I need very simple pleasures to be supremely happy, the core values, the things that I talk about a lot and sort of our umbrella goals, the the health and happiness that sort of overshadows everything else can be had by very, very simple things. But for me, what's natural, the natural, capital N, has become sort of a home base for me. And it's, it's I talked about it last week because I mentioned um, in the kind of, uh, the, the context of the decision-making, of overthinking our, our decision and, 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 you know, getting the knowledge that we can get, but then at some point, there's clearly a, a line that we just go, okay, I got to pull the trigger here. Like, I just got to pull the trigger and make a decision, even if, by God, it's, the, it's a wrong decision. But if I act, there's brilliance and magic in that action. There, there really is. But when it comes to, and so I mentioned it last week, that that sort of wading through and cutting through all the crap, we get to like a certain common sense or a certain knowledge that like we knew the, the decision we wanted to make all along, but we sort of had to get through that. Okay, well, this is in a, in a different way, the natural, the concept of us as a natural being has become sort of a home base for me. And here's, what I, here's how it related to the sort of knowledge of last week, like learning these things is that I looked back and and I look back sometimes and think all the things that I, when I supposedly knew them, it was like, this is just it. And there's just that, this is it. So things like protein, it's a big one, right? And it still exists in, in I mean, every day. I mean, at the supermarket, two days ago, guy was like, really, you're plant-based? How do you, like, how do you, what about, where do you get protein? And I mean, you know, I've got this conveyor belt full of, food that is so full of protein it's almost crazy and and so but but for years it was like yeah that's it's 100% just boom and in the and there's this thing of like this when that knowledge fails or when it falls when something that is seemed so just indisputable and never in a million billion years would it ever not be true becomes not true it's it's a little bit earth shattering, and so and so it's almost like I I get through that thing, and then I go, okay, what's the next thing? What's the what's the next thing that is gonna? When's the next shoe gonna drop? When something that has been very very just real becomes not real, and I'm like, what the? And I'm reading the research, and I'm reading these all these books on protein and lower protein and animal versus plant protein, and I'm like, holy crap! It's not about protein at all, and it never was. Oh no. The natural is a home base for me, and 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 what I wanted to talk about this week not was definitely not protein because I'm so freaking tired. If you guys do you remember the pro, prototypophobia, 
the irrational uh, fear of protein deficiency, prototyphophobia that I co- coined with uh, Joshua Catcher, who does um, the Discerning Brute blog and Brave Gentleman clothing line. Uh, prototyphophobia. You guys remember that? Anyway, I did a blog post for his site years a uh, couple years ago. Anyway, um, so the natural has sort of been this this home base for me when when the complexity and confusion of 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 nutrition and fitness, when all the things like I when I trained for my ultra that I did last December, when I did everything opposite of what you're supposed to do, and it still worked out really well and actually better than it had before. There's, I can, I can, the natural is something I can rely on at least for the most part. I can say, okay, amidst all this craziness, I can back up and I can say, I, here I am as an animal. And, and then I can look to other wild animals and say, do they need the complexity that we demand? Do they have the, the, the amazing variation between individuals? Like this individual in the wild is completely, different and has completely different needs than the animal standing next to him or her. And then I look at us and go, but that's what we say is absolutely true. Everybody's different. Every I just need that because I need more protein by a thousand times than that person over there. Is that really true? And I think when we can look at us and say, are we really that different from every, every wild animal? Yes, we're different, but are we really that? Is the We still have kidneys and hearts and livers and we have lungs and we have sort of the basic makeup that my dog has for instance it's we're not outside of of nature we're just not outside of nature and sometimes for me natural is a let's come it's a home base it's like let's come back there then we can resettle and then come back out into the modern world i do believe that the demands of the modern world on our minds and bodies do require a greater complexity in terms of our things like nutritional needs and it does require more thought than than the demands of of nature might I, and that's conjecture i i get it but i think that's not mo- having to move our bodies at all sitting at a desk and not moving at all and when we do move mostly moving too much too hard in that little 45 minutes that we go to spin class i do think that packaged foods and all these kinds of things that we we do and the stress of our jobs and the disconnect between us and the food we eat because there's eight steps between us and eating you know there's the shopping and the cooking and all those things there's we do need to think about things in a, in a much better way it's we can't go by instinct we certainly can't go by craving ah listen to your body that yeah that works out fantastic i'm gonna listen to my body as i walk right into mcdonald's because i must need protein because i'm craving a freaking big mac every other day, right? Okay. But the natural has been for me a little bit of a home base. And it's and it's these things where I go even though the the literature and the sort of the 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 conventional wisdom as that changes, but the conventional wisdom says, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. It's better to do metabolism. Perfect example. Just it's better to eat small meals throughout the day because it makes your metabolism run faster. And and I for years, I, it didn't sound right to me. It was like, did we have access to food and we did we eat all the time, just all day? We're just always digesting. We're always digesting food. And it always seemed a little weird to me 
And then all of a sudden now, here we go, we're starting to come into a new phase in research and you know the media, but not really the media yet, but kind of getting out there of like, no, actually, it's kind of okay not to eat and to skip meals now again. We don't need to be on a freaking schedule. We don't, we, we can question all those things, but they seem so just set in stone and there's just no getting around them. So one of the things that I did during my untraining for my ultra was mess, and I talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but messed around, messed around with food. I messed around with the time I ate. I, I messed around with meal times. I messed around with, with as it related to my exercise, like just drinking a glass of water and going for a 12-mile run and then drinking more water for a long time after. Like just not doing the thing that you're supposed to do, which is within 45 minutes, eat enough, eat 25% protein and mostly carbohydrate, then move to a... I didn't do well. I chucked all that because I wanted to see if my body was strong enough, if, if, if I keep my stress levels low, which I did because I was running half the amount of mileage than I that I usually did. If I keep my stress levels low and I rely on the intelligence and strength of my body to figure out a way in a minimal stress environment to to survive well. To to say if I if okay if I don't pile you know sort of we have like a disconnect, don't we? We go like it's time to eat, but we don't go do I feel like eating? Right? We just go it's time to eat. And sometimes we don't get a choice. We're like at work and it's like lunchtime is now. And we don't go like, but I don't want to eat lunch now. I'm not hungry. I don't really want to eat. I want to eat at 310, not noon. But we don't get that choice. So we've we've we schedule ourselves in many ways. And so I sort of threw all that out. I would, you know, my dial back day, if you're just joining me, I do uh, usually a day a week, hashtag dial back day. My dial back day recently and, and and even today was just not eating all day. Just glass of water. I have some, you know, I have a couple, I have a couple espressos and I have some tea, but I'm not consuming food at all. No calories or whatever the minimal amount in the coffee. But basically I, my whole day is basically mostly water and that's it. Okay. And then till dinner. And that's just my dial back day. Now, for me, it's not really nutritional or caloric. It's a mental thing of like recalibrating. That's my dial back day purpose. It was mental 90% way more than it was physical ever. Still is. Okay. But this time, okay. So what I'm getting into, what a long way about this is that I'm getting into time restriction of eating time restricted eating this is i was experimenting with it during my training when i should not have been according to all the lore out there you should never change your diet or try to all this kind of stuff while you're training but i did and it really paid off and i felt some very very real results like um more energy like just just finishing eating at 5 30 on some days 5 30 p.m and not eating anything else until the next day at 7 30 when i'd have my first espresso and so you know it's 12 14 hour break but on those days i felt like i was running better and i and i was sorry but just like really regular and cleaned out and just like just more energy just more just it was clean and and so i've been since looking into the greater sort of depth of knowledge about that and finding some incredible stuff. So I do want to turn your attention to um, a woman. She's a PhD. Her name's Rhonda Patrick, and she has a um, a podcast called Found My Fitness. I don't, I've never talked to her. I've, I have no connection to her at all. But in doing sort of looking around for this, she has a couple um, 
a couple podcasts out with a doctor whose last name is Ponda, and then there's a woman who's a PhD as well, and I cannot remember her name offhand, but what I'll do is I'll link to, I totally, I'm just talking on the phone right now. Just, yeah, this is not a program. Um, I'm going to link, I'll link to those episodes, but if you go to found my fitness is the name of the podcast and they both talk about time restricted eating, um, in, in different ways, but equally just mind blowing, but lower inflammation, uh, greater endurance, lower fat levels. And by the way, greater lean muscle, and here's the mind blower, okay? No change in diet. No change in the f- quality of the food just when you eat it. Now, a little bit of warning here. This is not for you guys to just, just go, well, Sid mentioned it kind of, and so I'm just going to change everything, and I'm not going to eat for 17 days. It's not, please, do the read it yourself. But it made sense to me, again, natural as home-based. It made a lot of sense to me because I thought, we didn't, we have to have a mechanism whereby we don't need to eat and drink all the time. There is no way when we were traveling around in the wild that we had access to all the water we wanted and drinks all the time and food all the time. We had to at some point be on the move and didn't get the you know the, the affluent needs of our modern species satisfied. We just, I need immediately great tasting food right now calorically constant, just a massive amount of calories in a small little bag. Now, I don't want to wait. There had to have been the ability of our bodies to, to, to enable us to go for times without. And, and so, of course, the question is, well, yeah, maybe, but maybe that's not a good thing. But it turns out it is a good thing. It turns out it is a good thing to give our bodies breaks from digestion, which takes a lot of energy. And I think what happened was my first dial back day versions were were fruit, all day fruit. And, and that was amazing too. And I would always have my best runs the next day for sure. I'd go for a run the next morning and just burn it because I was just like, oh my, what? why am I in feel? Oh, that's right. I did fruit all day yesterday because it's so easy to digest. The digestive strain of fruit is... Uh, is there's only one thing better and that's not eating fruit is very easy to digest it goes through your body super fast it's very easy to break down but it has sugar in it yeah it's amazing you should eat as much as you can and so because it has everything else like fiber okay so just kick 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 um but the time restriction i have noticed sleeping better so so today for instance just by way of you know to, to talk about me because nobody else is in the room except for my quilt and my wicker chair uh didn't eat all day. And then I had a little bit of food at the inn at 5 p.m. That was the first meal, first any food I had, but I was just a little teeny little bit. And then I got home and had a big freaking salad with some quinoa, some chickpeas on it, and a bunch of veggies. It was huge. It was like a head of lettuce with tomatoes and carrots and uh the quinoa and the and then and then the travesty of tonight, and this is a total tangent, so my apologies, but the pepper mill that we use the black pepper because I sprinkled some turmeric on it and I always throw a little black pepper on there to 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 help that you know do its deal and um the pepper grinder was broken so as I turned it over to grind pepper guess what happened all the peppercorns spilled out of my salad and I got 70% of them but I had already dressed the salad so they were then lost and I thought well it can't be that bad so imagine taking a bite of a salad and there's just whole peppercorns just littered throughout. It was like eating a freaking watermelon. Just pulling peppercorns, 
out of my mouth, just horrible. And I'd chew them sometimes, and then I'd feel like sneezing. It was a whole thing. It was like a cartoon. It was like a bad cartoon. Um, but I did that, and I finished eating at 6.30. So my eating time today was between 5 p.m. and 6.30. Boom, done, done. Most days, I am keeping my eating time in about a seven to nine hour tops period, usually even less, like a six hour period. Most days I'm not doing any difference in calories. I'm just sort of eating in a more narrow time and allowing my non-eating time to broaden. So in other words, I'll maybe eat for eight hours and then there's 16 hours where I'm not eating. That's atypical from my you know old days where it was like, eat breakfast, you know, in, you know, 7, 7.30, and then just like eating all day. And then I, you know, I get home and I get some more work done and I don't eat, I don't finish dinner until nine. And then it's, you know, 10 hours and then I'm up, you know, 10 hours and I'm eating again. So I'm, I'm broadening that and I'm definitely seeing a difference. And in, in it's, in it's, it's being studied in a very real way. And, and Rhonda Patrick does a very good job of, of interviewing these people and really getting deep into the actual studies and what's going on. Breast cancer reduction, significant reductions in breast cancer and breast cancer recurrence by just allowing your body 13 hours minimum of, of break, of fasting, essentially, of, of actually not consuming and digesting something for a freaking amount of time. And it's just been an incredible thing. I want to share it with you guys. I do think I'm going to get into it more in subsequent podcasts, the more that I read about it. Um, it is fascinating to me and um, and just on a personal level and obviously not scientific because I haven't done a study just in my own my own practice of myself. Definitely noticed a difference in my own energy level, sleeping uh, quality and running, just endurance and and fat, just 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 thin. My other times I've I've stu- you know trained for ultras, I've actually put on weight. Uh, in the stress of the ultra, I put on fat around the midsection, which, by the way, is a stress response. Um, but this time around, lost weight, got really like fit and thin. Just, I mean, I'm always keep myself thin, but this was like even beyond. I got to like a, I was like, whoa, I'm feeling freaking, mm, and it's good. Um, so there you go. Okay, so that was me introducing sort of natural as a home base of like, I'm confused. I'm like, okay, well, what, what, what might have been for us? natural wise did we always sit down for meals and have pre-prepared salted oiled sugared protein laden just craziness all the time or did we eat pretty simply and and probably not eat huge meals all at once and maybe sometimes we'd snack throughout the day and then other days we wouldn't go a day and we just wouldn't eat and it's pretty great because when i've traveled since i've been doing this is like i just when I traveled to Atlanta while I was training, I just like didn't eat all day. I didn't have to worry about what am I going to bring on the plane and what I'm going to, and it's just like I didn't eat. I just like didn't eat for hours and I was totally fine because I've eased my way into this and and been experimenting with it, et cetera, et cetera. But it's made things pretty, pretty uh, amazing. And just this kind of like my energy levels are fine and I'm eating plenty of food. I'm not starving and yet I'll feel hungry but it's not really hungry because it goes away and and my energy levels are fine and I'm not you know no low blood sugar like I'm totally fine my body's absolutely able to handle it okay all right that was a little more food than I generally get into but that's just what that is okay um so so real quick and I didn't mention this and I probably should uh but sidgarsahelman.com you can go to all my social media crap okay I did a new YouTube channel this is why 
I did a new YouTube channel. Um, we all went to one of the walks, the marches that happened um, the day after the inauguration. And I mentioned it on the YouTube thing and, and on my most recent video. And so I hope you watch that. It's about, it's essentially, it's, it's, it's what I talk about here, but it's what we know. And what I mean by that is, is the frustration that I have experienced firsthand with clients. Um, they, they come to me because they want maybe a different way to approach what they have historically done, which hasn't worked, which is like the yo-yo dieting, that sort of intense focus on one area in their lives, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, but, but, and so they're working with me, and, but there's a frustration because there is this thing of like, if I go at this pace, it's going to be a long time before I lose my weight. And yeah, as it should be, because that's, that's exactly how it's supposed to be, because it took you years to get here. So let's, let's take it easy on the way down. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so the point that I wanted to make here was what I made in the video too, which is that we have to do the mental work of being comfortable and happy with the, the what we know we're doing be, because the because the outward the outward manifestation of our changes in let's just use food for fine but let's say it's weight loss the the actual weight coming off your body is it 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 becomes secondary when you approach it in a small stepper's way for sure but it also comes later than it would on a diet you on a diet you just immediately or you know better yet gastric bypass or or Fen fen when they, these magic drugs come out and then they go, oh my gosh, they're gonna kill you. So we should probably not have ever approved them. But, uh, but, but do it. And in, in the meantime, you've popped that pill and you've lost all this weight, and the outward is there. It's settled, and you get to hear the accolades. The accolades in the small steppers approach, which is real and long term, by the way. So again, it's not apples, not apples to apples, because this is what I'm talking about for real. Um, but the accolades have to come from you in the beginning. You're you're because you're not going to show the the weight loss as like you would in a diet, and it, the the solace comes in knowing that you're acting. I talked about it last week, obviously with the overthink. You're you're taking action to take control of your life, and that when you're aware of that, it feels amazing the whole time. It feels incredible, and it feels so good that you don't need somebody telling you uh, that you look great. Because it, it you just it's just not where your head is. You're you're not missing it because you're, in a way, subsumed with finding moments, with with taking action, with 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 taking control of your life, in a way that maybe you've never done like that before. But when you do that, it is exciting. But it's sort of exciting in your head. It's I'll tell you right now, it's not exciting in the same way that losing 15 pounds in a month and a half is. It's just not. Um, but it's a damn way more exciting than gaining that 15 pounds back because you're on your way out and you're going to stay there. Um, so that, that was my, my YouTube channel. But I wanted to mention um, a couple emails that I got this week, which are very cool. And, and again, like, thank you so much for people who email me because I, it's anyway, it's amazing. Podcast at SidGarzahillman.com. So I got that's my email address. So I got a couple of emails. One of one of whom one of which was from a client um, that I worked with like uh, almost well about eight months ago. Okay, that's key in what I'm going to tell you. The second was from um, a person that I've met. I think I, well, I met her in person at one of the places that I was speaking in San Francisco. But we've traded emails a few times. She's lovely and great and super obviously super smart and the whole thing. But she emailed me a, a, a very nice email about how. 
the small steps, this approach and this podcast have, have helped her, but she basically wanted to take on running and turn out to run like, I got to look at it. It was crazy. I was like, you got to be kidding me. But she said, um, about a year ago, this is what I'm reading, founder podcast really helped support and motivate me to get into running, to train for my first half marathon. This is a year ago. This year, I ended up running 10 half marathons in 10 months and then ran a freaking marathon, a full marathon. I, 10 half marathons in 10 months and just like a year ago, not having done one half marathon. Amazing. Incredible. Okay. That's number one. These are, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to title these fire emails. Remember last week when I talked about the fire that's in us? When I get emails like this, it's like they're on fire. And in the best way, they're just like the spark has broadened and they're like, uh oh, here we go. This is fun. Okay. This is from a client that I worked with. And I'm going to mention his name because he said I could. And he is awesome and um, lives in Minnesota. So I don't know why I would mention that. It's got to be relevant in some fashion. Um, but he wrote me a really nice email to just give me uh, updates. He, he said, updates on coaching impacts. And now, now the key is that we worked together eight months ago. And this is not a sell, for, this is not an ad. I'm just telling you that, you that when you listen to this podcast and watch my videos and, and sort of incorporate a small steps approach, the philosophy of taking on your life this way, then, then in eight months, you, this is the time. It's, you notice how it's not three weeks, not 21 days, not even three months, not 12 weeks. It's eight months. And you'll hear this, a few things I'm going to read that he's still in it. This is not, this is an update. He, he didn't write me like, and then here's the after shot. He wrote me like, here's what's going on. Okay. Couple key points that I freaking loved. Quote, I've lost about four pounds, but more importantly, I've become more relaxed and less anxious about food. Okay, I still binge occasionally, but the difference is that I come to a quicker understanding of what it was about and let go of my error and move forward. Less guilt, more acceptance. Those are his words. Less guilt, more acceptance. Do you guys, are you seeing, can you hear the broad nature of this? Can you hear the self-esteem and self-confidence that is coming with this? I have every confidence that the four pounds will will continue because he set the stage. Do you remember my episode? I don't even remember when it was so long ago, but we're not there yet. It's because he did the groundwork first. He did the thinking and the broad approach to his own life before he made, well, as, as he was making moves. And so it was, it's, it's, it's inked because he did the real thing. He didn't just dive into full food and calories and all this kind of stuff. He said, this is a bigger picture. He wants to know, he said, remember, quicker understanding of what it was about. Instead of, I'm, a, I'm, I'm horrible because I binge eat, or that's just what I do, he used the binge. He didn't try to not binge. He just said, when I do, I'm going to, what was the circumstances around that? Why did I binge? Was it lack of sleep? Was it stress at work? Was it something that I could fix? Was it a solution? Could I do something when I get home that's non-food related, that's giving me joy, to give me a little bit of moment and respite before I get around the food so my, my head is in a different place? Amazing. He says, quote, overall, the biggest improvement is in my mindset, end quote. Again, quote, I'm feeling more relaxed and content than before. I'm evaluating how I spend my time and allocating it more to things that provide value for myself and my family. And then I've signed up for a 50K in Minnesota that I'll run on July 1st and I've started my training. 
this is he's never run a 50k okay he wasn't even running barely at all when we when we he was like doing some trail stuff and he was having some knee issues when we worked together and he's like are you kidding me it's crazy and he's working on doing his own podcast i can't it's so like it almost brings me to freaking tears when i hear this because it's not here's what doesn't bring me to tears I lost 30 pounds in 21 days. That doesn't bring me to tears. I go, okay, well, I'm sorry for you because you're going to probably gain it back. And I hate to be cynical about that, but you probably went too fast. I'm guessing that you weren't in the right mindset that you were had had it so much that you just got yourself to do that without stress. Maybe you did, but most likely you didn't. And I'm sorry because I know what's coming and I don't want anybody to go through that perce- perception of shame. I don't want it. I don't want it for anybody listening to this, and I never will. I don't want you guys to feel crappy when you shouldn't have succeeded in the first place. He's succeeding, and his name is Dennis Bird. So if you go to Dennis Bird, and it's just like it sounds, dennisbird.org, and he's got a podcast, and he's got a a blog, and I told him I was I would tell it's not there's no sponsorship here, you guys. Okay, I worked with him. I wrote him today and said, can I mention this because it's very inspiring. Okay, so just, I'm just putting if you want to check him out, he's very he's actually like a coach. He's like an executive business coach himself, so he's kind of a coach. It was interesting because he was like, I'm a coach, but I realized I need a coach, and I had the same I had the same realization when I hired a a coach to help me train for my for my ultras because there was a lot of unknown and nervousness and I wanted somebody to sort of guide me and I think that that's fantastic and it, and anyway so there there you go dennisbird.org okay all right um can we uh I'm going to touch upon real quick my integrated exercise I've been having a little bit of a struggle with that but I but but not so much I am doing a little bit I haven't run like I didn't I haven't run it over a week I mean it's really what I'm doing is writing in the morning, so my running is not so much. And but like tomorrow, I it'll be not raining, and I really want to go for a run. Like I'm just dying to get out there and go for a run. So that that's what will happen. The integrated exercise I'm doing, but very minimally, like not nearly what I was before. Now I'm not up to the level that I was before, where I was doing you know ten sets of or seven sets of squats and pushups. I'm doing them, but just not nearly as much. And what I realize is that is that for me, is that I don't, I, and I'll just be frank, I don't have a burning need. You know, I, 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 I move around during the day. I'm up and downstairs all day. I'm not gaining weight. I'm fit. I feel good. My stomach's flat. I have a ton of energy. So it's in, in a way like I do like that and, I, and I'm getting back into integrated exercise, but there's certainly the circumstance of, of need. There's the circumstance of, I gotta, I, I'm, I don't like the way that I feel. I know I'm, that's not where I'm at. I'm 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 writing in the morning and I'm feeling pretty good in general. I miss running because I miss being outside and 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 I miss how I feel after a run and I miss the meditation part of of what that is for me for sure. And so I do want to run and I have been running, you know, on occasion. I think I've run like six times since you know in almost two months. So clearly we're averaging about once a week. Um, not nearly what I was doing before, which was five to six days a week. So when you when you think you I should be doing this thing, you know, I always advocate ask why. I mean, in a way, I was thinking I should be doing integrated exercise every day since I'm not running, but I thought, well, well, why? I'm feeling good. I have my energy. I'm I'm fit. I you know I don't have. I'm moving around. I mean, that was the number one thing. Was like I'm not sitting at a desk all day. If I were, I would have a better need to move my body a little bit more. But I'm up and down. I'm just moving around all day. I carried 40 pounds of bananas f- through the parking lot to my car like I'm you know, because I, and they're still in my trunk. And so I'm 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 it's not like I'm not sitting down. That's just me. 
So if you are, I mean, ask that question for yourself and, 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 and maybe you don't have a burning need like you think you, you did. And, and maybe that perception was, I'm going to make a huge change in my diet because I've had it, but maybe you haven't. Maybe you're actually kind of okay and maybe you don't need to change or don't have a huge, I'll put it this way, you don't need to make huge changes or changes that might be stressful. Right now, my brain, where it is right now, I don't want to expend the mental energy right now to do integrated exercise uh, at the level that I was. And that's and that's just what it is. Uh, my circumstances may change and I may jump back into that. Who knows? But I like the fact that that uh, I asked the question because that's what I want to know. I don't want to be feel obligation for something that I'm taking on myself. Got it? Okay. Glad I, glad I made that point. All right, let me finish up with the um, what I wanted to get into a little bit this week. And I, 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 I apologize, but yes, Instagram sort of made me think about this. Uh. Gynostemma. Gynostemma. A life less filtered. And what I want to... I think this comes up a lot. And, and partly because I work at a place where um, I do manage people and... and Management is this, I've brought it up a few times because I think it's completely relevant to living healthy and happy. It's how we sort of manage ourselves. And then that's, and how I've talked about our sort of being our own boss and how we would, how we want to treat employees, we want to empower employees and all these things that we can, we can apply these tools to ourselves. And of course, there's also the big, biggest thing for me with, with regard to influencing others, which is being an example. Like you set, when you're a manager, you set the example. Well, if you are managing yourself, what kind of example are you setting for yourself? Right? I mean, these are questions to ask. Okay. But the other thing is that sometimes employees will have perceptions of things that occur. Somebody, another employee will say something to a colleague and it will make that colleague mad. And the first person goes, but that's not at all what I, I was, they have a completely different take on this thing that happened. They can say a series of words and have a completely different intention from what the person who heard it has. And they have, their own perception and interpretation of what occurred. What we we run reality through filters. It's a fact. What we go, what goes out of us, and what comes in, is filtered through our our history, our behaviors, what we what we our knowledge, what we've learned. It it goes in and out via filters. We experience, and this is a fact, we experience a fraction of what's happening around us. We, everything that you see is, is, a, is something in reality that is then taken into your brain and interpreted as an image. And it's what we see, though. We're, it, it does go, the light goes into our eyes and it's interpreted. The sound waves go into our ears and it's interpretive. We don't hear every sound that there is out there. We hear some of the sounds. We don't see everything that is out there. We see some of what is out there. And a large part of what we interpret and a large part of what we see is filtered through our own, forget about just the physicalness of us, but it's filtered through our own experience. We, we can notice, I've talked about, I think it was like the red sweater problems. Like when we want a red sweater, all of a sudden we notice red sweaters. Well, because we have a, a focus now that we didn't have before. But what's interesting about this is that I believe strongly is that we can we can train ourselves to to the filters can change in a way reality doesn't change but but for sure our interpretation of that reality changes the filter through which we experience we can change that we can 
train ourselves via, of course, I'm going to say the small steps and, and acting and taking control of our lives, we can train ourselves to, for instance, look for the good and over the bad. You know, there's people who are just like, they're only going to see the bad things. They're only, I, I notice this a lot at the Stanford and there's some guests who walk in the door. I think I mentioned this recently, I can't remember, but they walk in the door and they're just going to have a bad time. We know it. They walk in there with like, why are you here? Why are you on vacation? You're going to have a bad time no matter what, because they're looking, that's what their filter is, is of seeing problems. They're seeing and looking for problems. That's their filter. But there's other people who, yeah, there's certain things wrong, but they they don't they're not looking for those things. They might even notice them, but they don't. They're not going through their their filter is like I'm looking for to have fun. That's why the the small stepping thing is is never about restriction. It's always about looking for moments, finding things and noticing. Look at the me not me game. What is that? It's about it's a way of learning who you are and not letting the filter of of self deprecation and being mad at yourself and 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 you know criticizing yourself changing that filter to look for okay well yeah that like like Dennis said in his email like when he binges it used to be the shame and the guilt of it well he's changed his filter the binge still happens but now he's interpreting it in a different way he has trained his himself via this process that is 8 months in and not even close to being finished to then say, okay, same binge, but now I'm gaining something from it. I'm looking at it differently. I'm filtering the information in a different way than I was before, and I'm distilling useful knowledge instead of negativity and bad. I'm looking for success. I'm grabbing success. I said it recently, get something out of it. If you're going to have the experience, then get something out of it. If somebody's going to make you mad at work, then get something out of it. At least know what you would have done. When you binge or you overeat, get something out of it. Look at it and say, I, me, the real me, I would have stopped eating before, long before that, and I would have walked away from the table. Form that image in your line. You know why? Because when you do, that changes the filter. That changes how you take information out of the world and put it into your head. You're looking at things in a very different way. That is what will ensure success. I've I've been reading recently a, a book on negotiations and and um because it's it's a human psychology kind of pursuit for me, so it's interesting. But they were saying that the same choice, if framed differently, can yield different results. So, in other words, if somebody says, "Well, do you want the you know blue bike or the red bike?" This is not really a good example because that's sort of a choice of taste. But let's say it's a choice of, of, of substance, okay? And you frame it differently, it can affect the way that somebody chooses between the t- same two things. So in other words, when it comes to eating broccoli, you could say, frame it like, um, you should, you know, do you want to have some broccoli? Uh, it's going to make you lose weight and it's going to give you, you know, a vitamin C and, and all the B vitamins. And then you could say eating broccoli is going to give you a ton of energy. It's going to make you feel really good about yourself. You can frame it in different ways. And this comes up a lot with me with regard to the what I've talked about, the, the, the making the trade. When you frame, and, you, and this is affecting the filter, I promise, when you frame the decisions you make that are supposedly in the health and happiness realm, like you know, moving your body and, and eating better and maybe meditation. When you frame those things in ways that are 
overall positive and not restrictive. Because if you say uh, plant-based diet, whole plants are super healthy, but you don't get to have this and you don't get to have that, that changes the way that you view that thing. That changes the way that you perceive that decision. Whereas if you say, yeah, you give up these things, but overall you gain a ton, you're framing that decision. You're creating a new filter where you're looking at it in a much broader, much more encompassing, all-encompassing way. That's the making the trade idea. And it's completely, in my mind, completely related to the filter and to reframing the picture because you're saying same act, changing your diet, eating this, this, and this instead of this, this, and this, giving up those things, eating these things. Those are the facts. I'm not, when I gave up dairy in 1992 is because I didn't want to give up asthma. And so I made a trade. I, it wasn't restrictive in my mind. I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't run the information through a, 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 a filter of restriction and say, well, now I can't do this. It was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that because I get all this other awesome stuff like no asthma instead. And I made a really good trade that way. And it, and it made it, it made it to be a decision that has been, lasted 24 years later because it was framed in that way, I changed the filter by by which I made that decision. If it had stayed in the filter of restriction, if I had taken that information and through my head, because of my upbringing and because of my experiences, thought that's a restrictive move, I wouldn't have stuck with it. I could have pushed through it. And that's what people do with diets. I could have pushed through it for a while, and eventually I would have said, this is not worth it, because it wouldn't have been worth it. It wouldn't have been worth it until it wasn't. wouldn't have been worth it until I was able to look at it in a different way, through a different filter. And that only comes with the exercise of giving this way of, of thinking a try. It is changing, again, the way that we take the information in the world and even what we notice in the world. When we decide to make our lives better and we feel better, we it does change what we are aware of in the world. It's it's a it's a back and forth. It, we 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 tend to think that we see everything. We tend to think that we notice everything. It's just it's there and we look at it, but we're missing a whole bunch of stuff. And we can find that stuff when we become more open or when we take action in our own lives that affect the way that we interact with the world. I began this episode by saying, I think it would be great if we all felt better and walked out of the world because when we do, then that's a different filter. When we're not feeling well and we're feeling feeling irritable, then something that happens in the world comes through that filter and makes us mad. If we're walking out into the world feeling better with energy and in a positive mood, the same thing can happen, but it doesn't make us mad because it doesn't because we've changed the thing between us and reality, between reality and us. We've changed that little filter and the, and the information comes through and we interpret it in a different way. But I want everybody to be clear that it is about us interpreting stress, anger. Those are interpretive emotions. Those are not, and I'm talking about like emotional stress or like, I'm not talking about somebody burning you on the skin, okay? I'm talking about that stress, of course. But I'm talking about somebody says something to you. It's, and that's the perception I talked about, like as a manager where I'm going, really, you, like sometimes I go in my brain, I'm like, did you, you really thought that that was like a mean thing? How in the world could you interpret what they said in a negative way? Well, that's because that person grew up in a house where that 
person's father used to say that all the time, and they have all this stuff wrapped up, and that's their filter. And they're, see- and they're hearing the same words that somebody else is hearing and having completely different experience of that thing. The point of all this, the reason why I wanted to bring it up this week is because I notice how much these types of things hold us back. And if we question those things and say, is it really the reality or is it just how I'm interpreting the reality? I think that that can then get us to the the nuts and bolts, the, the truth of the matter, which is to get us more aware of who we really are and that we are independent of even that filter and that the real us can exist it deep, deep down in that first task I always talk about, that real, that who we are does exist even in the context of a day-to-day where we're not acting at all like who we are. But it's there, and we got to get to it. And we can get to it by questioning those things. Is that really reality? Did that? Per- can I have a different experience of that same thing? Can I go to work that I've hated this job and now go, maybe I can make it more creative and I can bring creativity to it. Maybe I can just do it better because that'll make me feel better. And maybe I'm going to go to work that way tomorrow and that will change virtually everything that you experience. If you do this long enough, it'll change everything you experience about that job. It's, it's completely different. And, and you thought for years, it's just a job. It stresses me out. It's a crappy job. And then you realize, no, it was just the way that I interpreted what was going on. And when I started feeding myself better, and when I started sleeping better, all of a sudden, lo and behold, the job isn't as stressful. Well, how's that possible? Because you change your filter. You change the mechanism by which reality came into your head. You do that by taking on your life in whatever way you can and acting and figuring out ways to improve your life in ways that don't pile stress on top of stress on top of stress. We have the ability, each each of us, to make our lives better. That's a, that's the sort of the over, maybe the overall premise that brings me here every month, every week, every month, every week. If because I I don't I don't think that five of you of the thousands listening uh, uh, can do it, and the rest just just watch for fun because this is not fun. I, yeah, oh, come on, it's a little fun, right? It's a Super Bowl of philosophy of health. <laughs> we can all do it. We we absolutely. of us listening to this can all make our lives better. 100%. Now, if you're thinking, well, but that's a diet and that's an exercise and that's a marathon, then then I'm talking real. I'm talking not prefab constructed ideas of what supposedly better is. I'm talking you can do the little things today that that are going to make your life better in a very real way. We can 100% of us listening to this can do this, period. But we have to understand that it is it starts with the thinking in us. It starts with the the consideration. And and that's a momentous task. And that's why you I don't think it's good for anybody to say, well, I'm gonna go sit on a mountaintop for f- six months and and say goodbye to my entire family. Most of it that's not gonna work for. It's not that it doesn't need that kind of thinking. It needs, it needs how do I think and meditate in life? How do I become meditative in the way that I come to work, in the way that I am with my family? How can I bring in more of the sort of deep breath approach to the world as it stands today? How can I change my filter? How can I change the way that reality is affecting me? 
How can I change that? Well, I'm going to look for the moments. And I'm going to feel initially certain things, but act in different ways. And I'll, and I'll finish up by, by, by remembering uh, or by sharing this thing. I, for years, I, I used to study yoga. I used to practice yoga in Los Angeles. I haven't really, I did a little bit through the Wim Hof thing, as you guys know. But in, in LA, I was doing it two or three times a week for, for years. And my favorite yoga instructor of all times, this guy named Maurice Kaler. He's absolutely—he was like the first nutty nut nut, just nutty nut nut in just the best way. And he still practices. We we're in touch now and then. But I always remember that that he he had this saying that he had this thing that he would tell us, and I don't know where he got it, and maybe he made it up. But he always said we would do these breathing exercises sometimes, and 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 we would exhale. And he said between the exhale and the inhale, that that little moment where you finish the exhale and just before you breathe in there's that little just micro micro moment and he said the universe is in that moment it's the, it's in that it's in that silence between the exhale and the inhale and i've thought about that forever because i i think what excuse my just being crass but what gets me off because i can't say it any other way because i i love this is what i love is and I think that that for me this is where this is. There's a there's a moment when I just said before where you f- maybe in the beginning you feel things but then you act you begin to act differently in spite of those feelings. And I think for me the universe exists in that moment, in that in that micro moment, just like between the exhale and the inhale, where you feel fear and you feel anxiety. And you feel nervousness, and you and there's that moment where you you act in spite of it. And I think if the universe exists, it's in that moment because that is, to me, a moment of supreme power. That that is the moment that encapsulates virtually everything that I do and everything I want for you guys. Is that I want to capture that moment. I want that moment to occur more in your lives where. It's not, why do I feel stress? Why am I afraid of this? It's, yeah, but there's a moment there that I'm accepting the fear. In, in Dennis's case, I'm, he's, he's, not, he's not, why do I, I shouldn't binge anymore. No, no, it's, it's, no he's, he's, not, he's not there. He's not even trying. He's not, he's not getting on himself because he shouldn't never binge. He understands that it's there and he's acting in spite of that. He's not giving up. He's not beating himself up. He's saying, I'm powerful here. I'm taking this information. I'm taking these actions that are are lifelong, maybe, and years in in the very least years in the making. And I'm getting past it. And if the universe exists, it's in the moment between fear and and self-deprecation, again, judgment, and just I can never, I can't do this, and I shouldn't do this, and I should be da 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 da. And that little moment before you just do it anyway. And you you want to know what feels amazing that feels better than any scale or any before and after photo you'll ever have is are those moments. When you feel that power, it is supernatural. It is the modern human in a world that is so nutty nut nut and hard on us physically and mentally and finding peace and power in that world 
It is up against things that we are afraid of because we, in a way, don't even understand what we're seeing half the time. We're reading the news. We don't know if it's real. We don't know if it's propaganda. We don't know if it's where the facts are. We, it's confusing. We're seeing horribly violent images, and we're watching these things. We go to YouTube, and we see just crazy stuff, and we are finding moments in spite of all that craziness to act in a self-affirming and powerful way to make ourselves and our families happier. If the universe exists, it's there. It's in that moment. It's that transition between what we feel like never doing and doing anyway. And I want that for you guys forever and as much as possible. I want you to move past the, I'm going to beat myself up for stuff that I do and move into, I understand that I do these things, but it's not who I am. And I'm going to move to doing the things that are totally me. And in the meantime, there's going to be a transition period and it could be months or years of transition or forever because it's not all, it's not a finish, I'm here, I'm done. It's a practice, as I say. I want that for you guys. And I want that for me. And I want that for my family and my kids too. I don't want my kids to never be afraid. I want them to understand that fear is a part of it and struggle is a part of it and and know that in the context of that, they I want them to have the strength, which I know that they're going to have and you guys already have. I want them to strength to to know what they want to do anyway, and then do it. And maybe not all at once, maybe you small step into it, and most of the time that's going to be the best thing you can do because you do act right away in spite of that stuff. And it feels like nothing else. All right, you guys? All right. That's it for me this week. You guys are awesome. Keep the emails coming. Can I tell you? All right. You guys are fantastic. Go to SidGarzaHillman.com if you want to find out about me or what I do or, or blah, blah, blah. And if you're at one of the cities where I am going to be speaking, please come say hi because that's the best thing also is to, to meet you guys face to face. It's very cool. I'm in touch with people all over the country and world now. And that's incredible. And I love it. But boy, would it be cool to meet some people face to face because it's just better, right? More natural, would you say? Yes, you would. I'll be, here, I'll be back next week, you guys, with another episode of the Approaching the National Podcast. In the meantime, be well.
bit of a whiner and a bit of a fly. Bit of a whiner and a bit of a fly. 